l'ouverture du testament devant ses deux enfants. Jeanne, cette enveloppe est destinée à votre père. Retrouve-le et remets-lui cette enveloppe. Simon, cette enveloppe est destinée à votre frère. Hello, everybody. Welcome to So What You Think. This is a movie podcast show where me and a guest will come on and we will discuss a movie that we have both just seen for the first time and give sort of our immediate thoughts. Uh, this week, I'm bringing on a guest who I've also just met for the first time. His name is Jared. He is a student at USC, he's a junior, and he is a social media influencer. Uh, he has about 30,000 followers on Twitter, um, and he has some pretty funny tweets, so if you want to go check him out, you can. It's at JaredZSZ. Uh, welcome, Jared. Hi, welcome. This is, I mean, you're welcoming <laughs> me, but... I'm yeah. Intrigued by this. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So thank you for coming out. This is, this is going to be fun. <laughs> yes, it is. So the movie we watched this week was Encendie, which is a film that came out in 2011. It won the Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. It is directed by Denis Villeneuve, uh, who has also directed movies like Prisoners, Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, Sicario, a bunch of really great films. Um, yeah, this film is a very dark film. If you haven't heard of it, you should. You should look it up. Um, it's quite good. <laughs> um, but yeah, it tells the story of a, uh, two, uh, two twins who kind of suddenly learned the past of their mother, who has recently just passed away, by traveling to Palestine. You also see the story of her mother and her past as she kind of grows up and a crazy story unfolds. <laughs> um, but before we get into it, let's, uh, let's do some non-spoiler thoughts. So yeah, Jared. Okay. What do you um, think? <laughs> yeah, so I am a big fan of Denis Villeneuve. Uh, Arrival is one of my favorite movies of all time, so I was very excited to watch this. Um, my first reaction was uh, it reminded me a lot of Close Up, which is a movie um, that's directed by Abbas Kiarostami, who is an Iranian filmmaker. Okay. Um, and it's about um, this artist, Mahmoud Bof, who uh, it basically is like a semi-documentary, um, kind of fictionalized version of... Uh, the story about a guy who pretended to be this other artist. Um, mm -hmm. And it's shot in a very um, similar way, I think, um, because so many of the landscape shots uh, were just so beautiful, like, of the Middle East. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what kind of reminded me of it. Um, and it's obviously that is set in Iran, but um, this is kind of set in, like, an unnamed place in, like, the Middle East, so it's kind of very mm -hmm. vague in that respect. Um, but it gives you some sense of place, I think, that... Um, I thought it was so beautifully done. Like, all of his movies, like Sicario and Arrival, like, yeah. the really large, like, landscape shots they have are just so beautifully done. Yeah. yeah. So no, it's amazing. Best cinematography. Yeah. This yeah. movie has some really great shots, too. This is just a very beautiful film, yeah. <laughs> as, as all of them are. I've never heard of that film, though. That's interesting. I'll have to look. Yeah, he's one of my uh, favorite uh, filmmakers. He also directed Certified Copy with Juliette Binoche, which uh, is amazing. She won for Best Actress at um, the Cannes Film Festival. So. Okay. Wow. Uh, definitely love her, um, and the director is amazing but um other initial thoughts of it um i really liked how the timeline worked because also mm -hmm. this past week i watched vox lux um directed okay. by brady um corbett Corbin. Yeah. yeah so natalie um, portman yeah natalie portman mm -hmm. i love natalie portman too um but that movie is split up in like a first half and a second half and it's chronological in each of those respects but this is one of those movies that flashbacks into time and right. um, the chronology is like a little bit different um right. which i thought they did a very good job of that because it's like a mystery odyssey kind of story mm -hmm. um and i think that 
uh, the way that it was structured had different titles of different sections of the movie, obviously, and right. um, each of them you had to piece together uh, how each of them fit together because a lot of the names were very similar. So, like from my white right. person perspective, being like, how do each of these things like all connect? Like, how are they all pronounced like the same and also differently? Um, so, <laughs> trying to like under like rationalize it in my mind and like piece together all of it, like trying to figure it out myself, mm-hmm. um, like the mystery of this because right. the. Twins are searching for um, a father and a brother, and they're trying to understand how they interact with their own like mother because of that. Right. Um, because after the death, they're like, okay, well, we need to find like the father of this, but also this brother who we don't really understand, we don't really know. Um, right. And trying to connect those two worlds together, they have to f- kind of fulfill a role. Because now that their mother is gone, they have to like pretend to be her and act in that role, which um, I think hmm. was very, like the acting was so good. Like I really, yeah. it was very believable and like un- seeing them and seeing them react to um, each of these kind of, stories and tales and these new revelations like it felt like you were just going deeper into their own lives um Mm. so i think it was very narratively structured well yeah i agree i feel like i like what you said about like mystery odyssey i felt like it almost felt like a book in a way like with especially with the chapter titles like it felt like each chapter had like they were so dense and each chapter that they showed in the movie like it felt like i was reading a book and like a really engaging book where i was like oh i gotta read the next chapter now Mm -hmm. so it's based on a play so it was yeah so it's originally based on a play Um, it doesn't feel like it was a play i I know it's very like in this respect it's so uh like international and wide-reaching but Mm. a play makes it would obviously make it feel like much smaller if it's just on one stage um so I, i don't i've never seen the play but i think it if my understanding of it is right, it was a very good adaptation of it because it really sh- like kind of expanded that world a little bit more, and it felt right. so full and rich. Right. Um, what I feel like a lot of movies that are based on plays fail to do is it still feels like a play when you watch the movie. Like, have you seen Fences? No, I didn't. I didn't okay. see it. Yeah, but that movie, it feels like a play in the movie because it's basically still in one house, essentially, for the, almost the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, so it just kind of like took the play and made it a movie, and it's a good movie, but it feels like a play. So I like that this feels like much larger in scope, mm-hmm. um, even though the themes, I guess, are still very like intimate. Yeah. yeah. And the themes, I think, um, the cinematography of it too, like the really large like landscape shots, obviously like the Middle East is a very dry place and like seeing all of these really kind of expansive um, cities and towns, they're all in these like valleys and hills and some of it feels green, but overall it just feels kind of like dry and coarse, mm-hmm. which I think the movie... Um, there are parts of it that, like, to me, like, when I was watching it, I thought of it in, like, a wet and dry sense. And, like, so much of it is the dryness of, like, trying to understand, like, the very mechanics of this relationship. And, um, like, it felt very coarse in that respect. Ooh, can I, like, do ASMR on this? I don't know. I'm, like, rubbing my hands together. Um, oh, but God. that respect. And then, like, the more they found out, like, it felt like the scenes were more, like wet and intimate. I don't know if that's, like, exactly how I want to describe it, but... I don't know if I thought of the movie in this way. Yeah, I but like that's this. how I thought. Like, because when you see those shots, I was like, oh, like, I feel like I'm dry, like, in this windy, like, deserty place, mm-hmm. which, obviously, most of the movie takes, uh, I think, or most of it, or half of it, um, takes place, like, in the Middle East, and the rest mm-hmm. is in Canada. Yeah. Um, so when they kind of switched between that, like, the can- Canadian world, like, obviously felt more wet, because it is just a wetter country, but I don't know. I think <laughs> when you look at, like, the themes of it, it's, like, the more revelations you get, you just kind of have to, like, sink into it versus, like, looking at it from the outside of a dry perspective. Yeah. I don't know if that even remotely makes sense. I like, I like, I like this dry and wet thing. <laughs> okay. I think I think the colors of, like, the palette mm-hmm. kind of goes with that, too. It's very, like, warm, more, more warmer colors in, like, the Middle East, and it's kind of bluer, colder colors that they had in Canada. So I think that adds to that, too. Maybe that's how you're kind of getting there. Yeah, I the guess so. Because um, <laughs> so much, like, 
the movie is an introspection of the twins, but also of the mother, because when you look at the timeline, like it's, well, where are the twins going and splitting off and trying to find all of the different... <clears throat> versions of their mother they think they know um, but then going back into the past and seeing like how she kind of started this all like what was the genesis of each of their relationships um, mm -hmm. and the dryness of that it felt very like the rawness I don't know and then it kind of developed and became more wet and just like expanded a little bit more yeah I was also gonna say like what you said about the wet thing how um, there's also like the pool like they're always like swimming and I feel like there are like those such intimate moments of them at the pool, which I really do, th like, I didn't even think of it as, like, wet and dry. But after you said it, like, I do think about, like, the desert versus, like, the pool scenes. Mm -hmm. okay, the pool scenes, by the right way, now. this random voice was Oksana, who's <laughs> my girlfriend, who was also in the studio, <laughs> yeah, for anyone who's thrown off. But yeah. the pool scene, I, like, I think that was such a good representation of it because so many of those, like, so kind of towards the beginning of it, like the daughter looks at the pool and we're like, well, why does this matter? And then you just have to ex mm -hmm. like expand and understand like why it just becomes more relevant, um, which I think they right. do such a good job of like finding little pieces of things, like little, uh, not, I guess, foreshadowing or telegraphing, but it's more like things that are brought up in the beginning that you, the more you connect to them, like at the end, you're like, oh my gosh, like I finally understand. Right. There's a lot of those moments where you're like, oh, I get the motif now. <laughs> like, yeah. But so I, I want to talk about that. So let's go into spoilers okay. now. Okay. So if spoilers. you haven't seen the movie, go see On Sunday. It's a very good film. I think we can both recommend it. It's on Netflix. Um, so yeah, um, it's on Netflix. Definitely watch. Yeah. Go watch it. It's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get into spoilers. So about the motif. Yeah. I think so. The On Sunday translates to fires in English. So I think. I mean, there has to be some sort of meaning with that. And there was the fire with, like, the explosion of the bus, which is a very transformative scene for her. But I think almost the wetness of, like, the pool and, like, you're kind of saying contrast that in a bit. Like, it's almost like the fire is, like, chaos and then, like, the the pool is, like, peace and harmony, which is, like, with the mom. That's kind of, like, a running theme is, like, she is Christian because she believes in peace. When she sees the brother who is the one that raped her, then then she looks off at the pool that's almost like she's found her peace now. Like, she's, oh, it all makes sense now. Mm -hmm. She can, like, pass away. Yeah, she has, like, some version of peace, which um, obviously, like, each of the moments, it's such, like, a... It's a very vaguely political film because you don't really, like, understand enough about... Like, you understand there's the Civil War and it's, um, like, the... Uh, Christian nationalists versus, like, the Muslims within this country. Right. Um, and you see her try and uh, defend the best she can, like, what her beliefs are while trying to, like not infiltrate, but work within the system to get um, something get something done. Um, I don't know if she ever really has, like, a uh, one specific mission, but it feels like she just kind of, like, is thrown into these situations and has to adapt to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the more she, like, talking about the mother, like, the more she understands her own faith and uh, religion and then how it's kind of, like, taken from her at points. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, it's very, like, not reductive, but, like, thinking about, like, how assault can kind of, like, remove someone's humanity, like, that's very central to what I think this, like, movie understood. It's, like, right. you kind of take something from someone else, and while it gives you something else, like, it's from like, a place of hurt, but something can like something good can come from it, but it uh, feels like there wasn't really, like, one ever clear mission of her, but then it kind of is brought upon her children to, like, kind of solve that mission so they're yeah. given something a little bit more concrete i feel like than what she like her mission right it's a more like physical like thing that they're trying to do where hers is more inner <laughs> i will say like i feel like the civil war like it is pretty political in a sense that like this is happening and then like this is the character that they focus on and she is her what her actions and consequences and like results from all of what happens in the war like that's what you see and you see the result of what 
like the effect the war has on individuals. And then you see that further carried with the children and they're like reveal that they finally like know who their father is. I think that it's telling a larger message about the war and like what it can really do to individuals. Yeah. Even after the war is over. Also, like, I don't know, technically, like if the children are like children of incest, I don't understand how they like look so normal like that's I was the thing. That too. because i was like yeah. i feel like for most like cases of incest there are like very many like physical deformities and like genetic problems but right. this seemed like fine so i'm just kind of like lost on that i totally agree with you i literally said as i was watching the movie, I was like why don't they have like three noses yeah. <laughs> i feel like yeah I guess inbreeding is like I don't know more. I think maybe logistically they probably would have in like real life, but for the purpose of the movie and the reveal at the end of the movie, they hit it. Yeah, which I think like I don't, um, I don't know exactly like what I saw coming because it was like they were searching. uh, The movie is obviously made to make us think that there's like two separate people, like there is a father and there is a brother, and um, they're searching for these two very disparate things. and like the notary, I thought was such like an interesting character because like he's the one yeah, who kind I of talk about that. Yeah, he like I don't know if you think of it like in the Odyssey, like Greek, like uh, kind of large story respect. Like he's kind of like not the mentor, but this person that kind of like starts the mission and is like, well, here's these two letters, like figure it out. And then like at the end, he like receives them back and is like, well, let's like figure it out again. Like how do we right. like bring them all together? Okay. And like that final scene where like giving the letters to. Um, with Abu Tabek or Abu Tabek. That's right. Tarek. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. like them giving it back, like it's seeing those like physical reminders of the story, like just the letters and seeing him like write them out because the mother couldn't talk about her talk herself because she was in like the hospital bed. Um, seeing him kind of function as like a vessel for her was interesting. Yeah, I like that. I didn't think of it that way. I, I kind of viewed for the, for a lot of the movie, I was like, what is the point of this character? Because he's like. Oh, I'm like roped up in it now. I gotta go with you. And like, what? Like, why are you a part of this story? I feel like, <laughs> but I, the only thing I can maybe think of is like he acts as like the like the he represents like the audience. Like you're, he's the person you identify with because you're watching the, the story unfold and like seeing all this like kind of happen, and you represent him. Maybe I don't know. That's the only thing I can really think of. But I, I like your messenger thing. Yeah, it seems like he. Um, because, like, the movie um, starts with us, like, not seeing the mother and just being like, well, the mom is dead. And we're like, okay, well, now we need to, like, learn who this person is. Like, we right. need to learn who this mother is. Um, but he is, like, the only representation of her that we get. It's like, well, I, she worked with me. Like, this is my, like, what I have to do. Like, what she wanted me to do or whatever it may have been. Um, so he kind of acted as, like, a conduit for her. So obviously I don't think like her spirit like entered him and like that's what he was doing. But um, it was interesting to see like while she was gone in the present day like version of this, like we got to see what she wanted from him because he was the one who directed the children to be like, you need to explore this because I can't do it anymore. Mm. Okay, yeah. I could see that. I like that. I have a couple other things. So I like the motif too of the three dots because you don't really, you don't know at first like you're like why is that and then you kind of realize oh like she's giving up the baby so that way she can find the baby but I think the reveal of like that's like what, why she did that but like I think the reveal of like how she sees him as an adult that really surprised me and it was, I think that was a great motif that they kind of planted like a great telegraph that they did at the beginning of the film and like a, a larger reveal because it was like totally unspoken but when you watch that scene of her in the pool seeing the three dots on the heel and she realizes you're like oh my gosh that 
Wow. (laughs) That's that's when it connected for me, at least. Do you ever, like, think about the statistical improbabilities of some of these (laughs) movies? Like, what is the exact chance that these people are going to be in the same place at the same time finding this specific? Yeah. They both, like, went to Canada. uh, (laughs) Not even America. I don't know. Like, movies, like, I try to suspend my belief as much as possible, but I'm like, the statistics, like, how could they possibly, like, have ended up in that place? But Makes um, for a great movie, though. I know. That's the thing. It's like, (laughs) stories are about, like, exceptional things. Like, they're about, like, experiences that people that are not normal unless you're talking about like Jean Dillman which is just a movie about a woman making potatoes but <laughs> there's just more yeah yeah no I feel <laughs> um that there is a lot of like very heavy themes that they put in this movie and while this like almost feels like a soap opera in the way that they like everything comes at you so fast and there's <laughs> just, like every five minutes is a new thing but I like if you really break it down there's a lot of things that I think people could identify with like the fact that she had to give up her baby went for adoption and only to find out later that he ended up getting enlisted like in the army Mm -hmm. for the war or whatever and like she like gave up her baby to like for having live a better life essentially and like now he's not and now he's like the best sniper in the world Mm -hmm. that's just like a very painful thing on its own and there's so many more things like that in the film i mean like the reveal of like when the daughter kind of realizes that her mother was like a murderer in the war and then like the fact that like her mother was raped and there's there's so many things that like are really affecting and it's almost like so many that by the end you're like this is just so intense but like each one on its own could be its own movie i feel like you Mm -hmm. know there's because all of the like the religious conflict is obviously very central it's like these uh like so much of history is religious conflict of like this is like what we believe and this is what we want out of this and Mm -hmm. it's like well you all just like want the same thing like usually like most abrahamic religions you're like well just be a good person i guess like i don't know like as a non-religious person i like just kind of look at it from the outside of like why why do people fight about this like what is so crazy about this but like seeing how she had to like reckon with her own religion and be like i'm going to use this to not die right now even though like everyone else is like around me is dying um when she like got out of the bus was like i'm gonna take this child um she really after giving up a child she was like i have to take this and give this other child like the best life humanly possible um because she didn't even understand like where her child was now and she was like if this woman um uh, the other woman on the bus she was like i'm gonna take her kid because this is the only way it's gonna have some kind of good life but then the kid just tries to run back to the bus and is shot to death which it just happens it literally just happens which is so like terrifying that people will just kill because like they don't believe what another person believes right and i I just like connected that too with the earlier sequence where she gives up her own kid for adoption to give a better life and he ends up having a worse life it's like this weird cycle Mm -hmm. where like you think you're trying to do one thing for your kid and like it ends up also being bad like is like what is the message of that? that there's no hope when it comes to war. Like, there's mm-hmm. no out positive result. Like, yeah. what it, I mean, there's no way to win. Like, war <laughs> yeah, is just always like, going to be like a like mirage of suffering. So, yeah. um, <clears throat> also, this made me think of. I don't know. Did you see Burning? Yeah. The, okay, yeah, you yeah, did. Okay, did. because that also like there were things in it that kind of made me think of it because obviously like fire. Like, well, it's a very simple like comparison, right. but still, it seems like such a slow burn of a movie. Like, it continues to. Mm-hmm. You have to understand. Unravel. It unravels in front of you, and um, it is kind of, like, mystery-ish, but Mm. there's so much... um uh, while burning is like much more of like an individualized like conflict than it is like a political like religious moral like allegory, um, I find that Asandi does a really good job of like humanizing the characters and like the mother and the twins. Like I feel like I really knew them and understood like how they had to unravel to really understand one another and understand their mother who had now passed. Right. So, like, 
there's so much reckoning you have to do like after someone dies because you're like I have to understand like what they were like what kind of person they were like up right. until the time that they died but there's so much of someone's life that you don't know like I was talking right. about this with my mom over break I was like there are literally there's a whole section of my mom's life I'm like I have no idea what she was yeah, doing in those yeah, years like yeah. she could literally have been in a biker gang and was just like never like would talked about it but yeah. these like parents like have their own individual lives that we don't think about so much which yeah that was know. literally a thing I like wrote down almost yeah. that like word for word <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah I think that's really interesting that like people have a past that you're completely unaware of like especially like parents or something like people everyone's an individual and everyone has like years of life and like you don't there's no way you can know all of that for every person mm-hmm. and it's just so cool that you could like be in a room of like a thousand people and like everyone has there's like a thousand stories like it, mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting yeah <laughs> but yeah I think that that's an interesting message that I think that this movie also kind of brings home is that like that first at the beginning of the movie especially the son of the mother was like very just like oh she's always confused and just she's just like staring off into nothing and she's like there's nothing there for her like there's nothing to her but then he kind of realizes this whole past and he has his own transformative experience that like everyone has a story and there's reasons for people acting the way they do now and I don't yeah know. I think the mom like so much of it as well is I think that just made me think um, about how movement is so crucial to this movie because the mother like we see so much of her not being like catatonic but so much of it is like her kind of just being in silence and understanding like just sitting and then a lot of her children like they just have to continue to move um so it's not like they're pawns or not not like they're tools but it feels like so much of her experience is like things happen to her which um she was just kind of like there like she was trapped in like one room or she was in one place and just had to kind of like exist in kind of solitude and in like self like oneself but like her children like that's kind of what we want for our kids that they can go out into the world and like mm-hmm. use all of the things that we can give them to like explore beyond what we know um, mm-hmm. so that's like what I thought about like the moral parenthood I guess in this movie that, like she okay. exists so that her kids are able to like move forward like she right. is solitary or she which is, I think that's her yeah. kind of her growth because I feel mm-hmm. like when she had the kids she didn't want anything to be a part of them like I think one of the most powerful scenes for me in the movie was like at the beginning of the film when she has her first kid she like the grandmother makes sure that she looks like the kid looks her in the eye so she can remember her but then when she has the twins later on and they're like the they're like the son of the rapist like she refuses to look at her own children so that way they can't remember her because like she wants to have that like separation mm-hmm. but i think her growth is that like she eventually comes to terms with like these are her children regardless like they're her children you need to take care of them and yeah yeah. There's our, like, responsibility, because there's all right. our own, like, private war of, like, how did this come to be? Like, so, I feel like, again, a lot of this is, like, about, like, genesis or about, like, the beginning of something. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny that now, like, I'm thinking about Vox Lux because, like, the first part of the movie is, like, pre-Genesis, and now, like, the second part was, like, Genesis, like, a re-Genesis or something. Um, So this just made me think, like, there's some kind of, like, point or some kind of space and time that allowed everything else to happen. Um, And when you think about, like, our stacked realities, like, a lot of people like to think about um, alternate universes and parallel realities. Like, there's (laughs) one, uh, like, existence moment in time, and from everything else it just kind of expands and diverges. But I kind of like to think about it in like a stacked way that all of our realities exist on top of one another and within all of them like they have their own variations and they have their own kind of um, existences but it has to come from one individual spot that every part of this movie like there's some moment that's like they make a decision or they make some point to make that a new stacked reality like out of that point 
So you're saying like every decision. Has, yeah, every decision uh, they like, make like kind of splits them off into this new world, but right. they kind of build on it that she's like, well, if, what if I didn't look? What if I didn't tattoo the kid? Like I never would have known this. Like right. if I didn't make this one decision, or the woman that uh, like or her mom, I guess was or grandmother um, mm. that like helped like birth the child. Like if she didn't do that, like there would be no story because right. there wouldn't be any understanding of that. Yeah. Um, and if there was, because uh, she was in love with a refugee, which is why or uh, um, there was some like religious conflict with why she couldn't marry the man that she had her first child with right? because yeah. they were like well this is like not an honor to our family so like they yeah. kill him but um, right. like seeing her understand um, I guess that like one decision that like her family made for her again like something happening to her um, kind of breaks her off into that like new reality because it's like well I could have just had this kid with this man raise this child like had a whole different life um, yeah. but each of those moments I think like the movie does a really good job of like finding each of those like, critical points right yeah have you seen uh, Mr. Nobody no Okay, I, I would recommend that movie to you because okay. that whole movie is about choice and they show, like, at the beginning of, essentially the beginning of the movie, he, his parents get a divorce and the I think the father goes on the train and the mother stays behind and he's forced to make a choice. Does he go with the father or stay with the, the mother? And then after that, the, that kind of splits off into two realities and as, he, like, transformative moments in his life, he has to choose between different things and he ends up, you end up seeing all the different realities that he kind of chooses and you end up seeing, like, 15 different versions of his life. It's, cool. it's very interesting to see, like, how choices can define you, but at the end, it's almost kind of the same. Like, it doesn't matter in a way. Like, yeah. you kind of end up in the same place. I TV show Russian Doll that just came out with mm-hmm. Natasha Lyonne, also very similar, like, concept of that. Um, oh, really? Okay. I just I saw the choice. pilot. Yeah, yeah really. so good. <laughs> so um, many recommendations. Like. I know, but it's just, all, like, everyone watch everything. It's just so great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to talk about that scene on the bus, too, because I feel like that in itself is almost, like, a very transformative moment for her. And that felt like that felt very like characteristic of like Denis Villeneuve in his movies, where there's like that kind of that scene. It reminded me, have you seen Sicario? Yeah, like the scene in that at the border with the cars has yes. a very similar like tense feeling in mm-hmm. my stomach. Like when like she's on the bus and she has to try to like I feel the te- I feel the situation and like um, no other director kind of feel like has that like control over me when I'm watching it. But mm-hmm. I feel like there's a larger thing at play. Like she takes the daughter, the daughter dies anyway, and then she kind of goes onto this path this, like, war path to, like, murder other people, and that kind of, like, sets her into this whole other life. Like, that moment there, her choice to take that daughter mm-hmm. is, like, a very crucial moment for her. Yeah. I mean, war breeds war, which just, like, <laughs> continues. Like, I, I I think that's, again, like, Sakari is, like, a very similar thing. It's, like, we just continue to, like, have war and chaos because, like, we can't, like, ever agree on what is good about our world or, like, the relativity of morality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that... Uh, Denis, like, again, I really, like, love his movies, and I love the way that he makes you so intimately connected to the characters. Like, Arrival, again, like, Amy Adams' character, I'm like, I know her. Like, I understand her because (laughs) there's so much that you get to see how she interacts, like, in these moments of flux, like, in transit, Mm -hmm. which, um, I mean, in Prisoners, like, there's, like, the car and underground, like, I can't even, I don't want to spoil, like, all these different movies, but, like, there's so much, like, in Denise movies that are about, like, transport or a transportation to, um, like, a new version of oneself, um, like, a new understanding of oneself, which um, this movie is all about, like, trying to understand your parents and the lives that they had that isn't really, like, you. Like, you you are the result of your parents, but your parents are completely independent individuals and trying to understand, like what they've done in their life and how it will impact you and how it has impacted the way that you are um, is such, like, a terrifying reckoning. Because, like, what if you literally found out that your 
like the result of your mom fucking her son. Like, what is up with that? Like, imagine that's like what you find out when you're like in your mid twenties or thirties or something. Like, however yeah. old these people are, like, just what the? Uh, how would you like deal with that? I would. I don't know how I deal with that. Yeah. 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 No, it, it's crazy. I do want to. I want to ask you about like the morality of this whole thing. Then, do you think? Because like as I was kind of struggling, I was watching the movie. Like, do you? You. I guess you're rooting for the mother. But at a certain point, she does do immoral things as well. Like, is the point of the movie that these people are too complex and, like, there's no, you can't, there's no good person, bad person thing? Or, like, do you think she's ultimately a good person? Do you think? I mean, like, I think all humans are bad, but that's just, like, my <laughs> understanding of, like, humans are too selfish to, like, really, um, effective altruism is so rare that humans are just so good at only doing what they want out of the world, which is why they end up doing things that are bad for other people, which as much as they can be good, like they think they're good, there's kind of always an expanse of why it's not good for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess the morale, like, I just think humans are bad. But <laughs> what, what do you think the movie's trying to say? Um, <laughs> I, know I, I feel thinking. like it, it is an exploration of the complexity because, like, mm-hmm. you want to think your parents are good people. Like, everyone right. wants to think that, like, their parents are amazing. But there are people whose parents are, like, war criminals. Like, that is just, like, a reality of our world. So every person has to reckon with that because it's, like, no one asks to be on Earth. But you have to deal with, like, what you are given when you are born and exist in it. So everyone has the opportunity to respond to things in, like, a good way or a way that you think is, like, ethical or moral or um, any way that you think is the best way to. But all of these characters have to act in immoral ways in order to survive, which is, like, the most human drive, like, to continue to be able to live. Mm -hmm. So the mother had so much, uh, like, so many places where she could have died or could have just, like, not existed anymore. And she was like, I have to continue to survive, like, for this reason or one reason or the other. Um, so I think humans are... I think I think this movie is, like, humans can do good... Like, humans do bad things, but can be, like, reasonably good overall. But, like, mm. all people do bad things because it we want to survive, which is an inherently selfish thing. Right. I like what you said about, like, how you want your parents to be, like, these perfect things, but, like, not all parents can be perfect. Like, there are people that are, like, murderers, and, like, that's the thing you have to cope with. And I think that's, like, people in themselves kind of deal with that, too. Like, that everyone wants to be a good person, but, like, people are selfish and people do bad things, and that's just, like, inevitable. So it's an interesting message to kind of take away that, like, there's a certain complexity between everybody and no one can be like fully good even if yeah, you want no one to. is no one is good i feel like everyone because like we can be bad it, it, that is why we are not good because like there is no person that can just act in a way that is only ever good because anything you do has some further repercussion which again you can't understand because of our stacked realities but mm-hmm. we we have so many opportunities to do good things and many people like take advantage of that but there's so much that we do that's just for ourselves, um, which, again, I think all concepts of parenthood, uh, it's all about selflessness and what people think they're doing when they have kids is like, I'm doing the selfless act of creating another life and being able to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also a crazy selfish act to do because there are children that you could adopt that like you wouldn't uh like you could do that instead of creating your own child but everyone as a human is like oh biologically i want my genes to go on so i want to survive and the only way i can survive is if my children continue to survive which is like our selfish and very narcissistic way of being like that's the only way that i will continue to exist once i'm dead which is only the thing that humans think about because like every other animal is like (laughs) we're just gonna fuck and we're going to have sex and we are going to make 
our own uh, like thing, and that's just because we need to continue to survive. But humans like have the opportunity to not have children, which is why having children is like a selfish and bad thing in some respects. I think it is, but I think this movie is. Saying I, that yeah, I've she, never really thought of it that way, but yeah, yeah, it's like kind parents of this incon- like unconscious like behavior that all humans have that they want to like carry yeah. on their own gene. I've never yeah. really thought about that. Yeah. yeah, but now we have like because we're humans that have uh, like cognitive processing able to say like oh i have the uh, i have the choice to have a child or to not have a child unlike every other animal that's like well this is like what i am only biologically driven to eat and to create other life like and to continue to survive myself like humans have the opportunity to like reckon with those things but so much of our world is um very clouded by love and by these romance and these thoughts that um, that we create as humans. Like she's like, I'm going to have a child with this man because I love him, but that love is only ever like broken because of like the existence of this child only causes more suffering into the world. I don't know. This yeah. movie kind of made me sad. So yeah, that's it's interesting. Just, I feel like that's out. that's another growth that she has at the beginning of the film. Like she's like giving up her child because she doesn't want this child to suffer and grow up in the world that she kind of surrounded herself in. So she gives it up for adoption, thinking this is like this perfectly selfless act. But she kind of realizes at the end, like, or at least, especially in the bus scene, like she tries, like, I'm going to take this child because that child will have a better life and probably won't die child dies anyway i think she slowly starts to realize over time that like some of these acts are a bit selfish in a way and like there's no perfectly selfish selfless act and like by the end i think she kind of comes to terms with the fact that that's true and she kind of comes to peace with the events that happen in her life and that this is like something she lives with and i don't know yeah because they like the end of our lives like all we can do is like think about what we have done because uh all we have like is currently the moment now to be like okay what am i going to do moving forward because it's like i could walk out of the studio right now and go get hit by a bus but i'm not going to do that because i'm a human and i'm like okay well i'm going to continue to survive because like that's what humans do but we have like the processing to be like i'm going to make a choice now instead of something that's kind of just given to you by your biology because we have the ability to have language and thought and creation beyond sentience um so our consciousness is only ever and this is turning into a philosophy lecture, but I know I like like, it. <laughs> like our consciousness is so driven by what we think we can like give to the world or what we think we deserve from the world instead of like what um uh, I, like children are just a crazy concept to me because like wanting a child means that you want something of your own to exist in the world and a world that you know is bad unless you don't think about the world critically enough to think that the world is bad because a lot of people don't think about the world as a bad place right. but like my view of the world is that the world is a bad place and like making another human like forced to live in this world I think is torture but other people are like <laughs> I'm going to have a child because they are going to have a good life because I'm going to make their life good instead of thinking like oh there's the possibility that my child will rape me and like be a criminal like no one thinks of that when I have a kid <laughs> this is not the takeaway of the movie but people like uh, you never think about like your, the fact that your kids could be bad people like everyone wants to right. think everyone around mm-hmm. them is good right. um, but everyone oh, yeah. has terrible actions and everyone will do terrible things yeah I mean back to the whole thing about like everyone makes a choice like she gives up her kid at the beginning of the film and he ends up like raping her later in the film like that's like she kind of indirectly made that choice by giving him up. Like, what would have happened in this film if she chose to keep the kid instead? Yeah. Like, and what? then she couldn't have even tried to because her whole family was against it, which right. kind of yeah. comes back into the social context of why are we in political conflict over our economics or our religion or um, whatever it is, and why did 
these people feel so deeply that they needed to kill the father of this child just because they didn't want their family member being in love with someone that they didn't think was a good person. So we try to think, we project our own moralities, whether it's in our religion or our own secular humanist understanding of the world. Like, everyone has their own set of ethics and their set of... um, you kind of exist within your ethical framework, um, but everyone else has a different framework that when you think about it, they just want you to act in that way, but no one's ever going to act the way that you think is perfectly ethical because that can only ever be your understanding of ethics. Um, So (laughs) those people, like, they obviously were like, I want the best for this person of my family, which is that they will not be with this person that's outside of our religion. But... Uh, obviously, like, the best thing for her, she would, like, oh, like, I think I want to be with this person, have a child with them, go do, like, my thing. But everyone else wants to kind of put their own spin, like, put their own Mm. part of their world onto you, even though humans are individuals, and we work in social animals and work in social contexts, but um, Mm -hmm. everyone just wants... (laughs) Yeah, continue. Yeah, do you think the film is trying to say that, then, that, like, maybe people shouldn't be inflicting their own opinion, people should be, like, letting people live, and you know, if they didn't kill the husband at the beginning of the movie, maybe this whole thing would have been differently. They could have just raised a happy family together. Like, all this could have been prevented. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's what, like, the whole point of it is. Mm -hmm. But I think if we, again, look at it from the context of the beginnings or start of things, like, there are many places that if people were just able to be like, okay, I'll let someone else do their thing instead of trying to change someone else's path, um, we would all be more successful in our own respects because, like, we would all be working... Not in solitude, but within our own frameworks, which as the more they intersect, whether it's a Christian or a Muslim, like, framework, like, those are diametrically opposed in this movie, but they can be reconciled with one another, but we're kind of very uh, loath to do so because we think that they can't exist simultaneously or that they're mutually exclusive, um, which I don't think, like, all religions are, Um, but this movie is like, well, the more they come in contact, the more kind of division there is, which all humans are all divided because we all have different beliefs, and they're all given to us by our parents or by the media that we consume or whatever it may be, Um, and the more that humans can like think about their world from a framework that's not just their own and have like that ego death and have like the moment outside of themselves that's i guess what we want out of it so maybe the movie is like try and think about uh i mean every movie is like well think about how your actions impact others like maybe that's just the thing that we should all think about all the time but this is one of those things that's like trying to understand things may only like may help you understand or trying to find things out and explore things that um you could are kind of like off limits or taboo or like it's something that you feel like you have like some moral obligation to it might hurt you but it is necessary to like understand the world that you live in and the world that your parents are from or the world that other people that you surround yourself with are from yeah <laughs> does that make any i feel like i'm not making any sense when i talk about this i think you're making sense okay. i mean you're giving me a lot of ideas out there <laughs> yeah there's just lots of things to talk about there it's, is a lot of yeah for sure i mean we've talked about a lot of like what the possible messages maybe of this film what do you think like, when you take away this film, you think of this film just like, oh, I watched On Sunday. Like, what is the main takeaway that you get? Like, what is it that you should, <laughs> like, all people are complex or that... I, I think it's like we inherit our parents' traumas. Like, we inherit mm. parts of, like, parts of ourself are so predetermined by the social context in which we are born and in which we exist. Like, these twins, like, their concept of their world is so shaded by the fact that they don't understand exactly where they came from or exactly where their mother came from 
but we inherit that part of them in a way that we can't even fathom until sometimes people have to die or until we really like go within ourselves and introspect to a level that makes us uncomfortable. Um, mm. So I feel like this movie made me think about how we have to become, we have to make ourselves uncomfortable with some of the things that we explore. Uh, like my dad passed away this past year and I'm like, I feel like, I think I understand like who he was, but there's still so much like that I don't understand of like a whole section of his life or whole parts of like who he was that now the more I try and like understand that and explain that, maybe it'll help me understand why he raised me the way I did and why I think the way I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, that's something that is very terrifying for a lot of people to explore because they're like, well, I don't want to find out anything bad because we all want to think our parents are good, which right. obviously, again, isn't true. So trying to think about like parental trauma is so much fun. Yeah. I do think what's interesting about that is like the the kid she gives up for adoption ultimately turns to be a very bad person. And I guess, do you think that has any part in it? Like that she, because she gave it up, because there was no influence, <laughs> because there was no influence of him having a parent that maybe that made him become a worse person than he is and that the children that she did choose to raise became better even though they were born out of a more horrific scenario maybe i guess that's a uh, that's something i hadn't really considered but it's like parenting can do so much good like mm-hmm. even if like uh, people have children and if you raise them like in a way that you think is good that's as satisfied as you can be, but there are still people in the world who raise children that they think are good in their framework, but are just not good for the world. Like, there's still many, many, many people born in America today whose parents are racist and raise them to be racist or raise them to have, like, terrible, like, horrible, bigoted beliefs, but they're like, oh, this is what is good because I believe this because my parents believe this because my friends believe this because my context of the world believes this. Um, And parenting can... Uh, I, th- I mean, if you look at it in, like, the diametrics of the son um, that she had to give up versus the, like, children that she kept, um, she did her best to, like, make sure that they had a world that was good. Um, and I think that she worked really hard for that to be a good parent in that respect. Uh, but, like, when you give up that child, like, I don't think that inherently means, like, they're not going to have a good life, because there are people, like, you can, like, I mean, obviously this movie is the exception to many different things, but it's, if you're, like, a regular person and you're like, oh, I want to give a child up to adoption, like, it can go to a good place and it can be good, Um, and our selfish biological perspective of, like, oh, only me raising my child is going to be good, which... And, like, a human evolutionary biology perspective, like, that's why, like, men only care about the kids that are biologically their own because genetically we're like, okay, I know that is mine, so that's what will carry on. Mm -hmm. So many uh, contexts of parenthood are, oh, it's not my biological child or it's not my individual responsibility, so I don't have to care that much about it. Instead of us acting in a more empathetic, like, human way of like, oh, this is a child in the world, we should do the best to make sure it grows up to be a good person. Um, Instead of just because it is mine or just because it is someone else's. I mean, it kind of goes back to this, like, narcissistic belief that, like, every parent can inflict their own opinion to their son or daughter and, like, they will grow up and they will be a good person because they influence them and that's not necessarily true. And, like, you can give up your kid and they can also live a good and healthier life maybe than you were and it can also be worse. Like, I, I'm not sure what the film is trying to say in that regard rather than just, like, you have no control over how your kid ends up, maybe? Maybe that's what they're trying yeah, to say. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> humans are all individual. Like, we are only what we can control about ourselves. Like, we have 
contexts and environments that are all around us, like the built environment around us. Like if you are someone who lives closer to a freeway than someone else, you're more likely to have asthma. And that's just like when you grow up, you're going to have problems breathing and then you'll have different experiences in your life because of that. Mm -hmm. But every person is their own person. And even if your parents were people who grew up by uh, a freeway and they had asthma, it doesn't mean exactly that you're going to have asthma and you're not going to live the same life that they had. So because humans are all their own person and we like to think that they belong to us, that's why like so much conflict happens. Because if you raise someone to be, like, in a religion and then um, they're like, oh, like, I'm gay. And they're like, well, now I have to understand the context of I'm gay versus my parents hate, would hate me because I'm gay because they, like, are in a religion. So mm. because we like to have ownership over people, that's why we uh, kind of are held back instead of letting people do their own, like, things. Because the whole movie wouldn't exist if there weren't, like, radicals and people who uh, are trying to, like, overthrow or have some kind of conflict because of religion or because they're like, I want to raise these children to be people who will kill other people. If we didn't raise any children to kill other people, like, we wouldn't have kids who kill people. Like, that's just the way it is. And uh, the... All we can do is just raise our kids to be good and good in a framework that is outside of our own. Like, we just have right. to look at it as people are people, but people exist in a context that is more global than we currently understand. Because we try and think in our nuclear family or in our nuclear world, but there's, it, uh, there's an extent that we don't understand because we aren't going to allow ourselves to expand that knowledge enough. Like, we, we aren't allowing enough people to be individuals in a larger context because we want to own and we want to, like, make people like us. We want, like, a mini-me, which right. isn't the world, which isn't a good thing for the world, I don't think. So what's the line, though? Like, what, at what point, as a parent, like, you have a kid, like, what like, point are you trying to inflict good morals and good beliefs in them to raise them, like, to be a respectable person versus, like, you're, now you're crossing the line and you're, like, inflicting your own belief when you probably should be letting them grow up and be an individual and form their own opinion? Yeah. I mean, where, I'm... Where is that? <laughs> I, don't I, mean, know, I don't have I, an answer. That's why I'm <laughs> asking you. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I'm not having kids. Like, I know that about myself because I don't think I would be a good parent because I... <laughs> Like, well, I know that about myself. I'm like, I do not care enough about... I, I couldn't care enough about that kid. Like, I know I wouldn't because, what? like, I would... Like, I personally, like, I wouldn't want to, one, create another human to, like, come into the world because I think all uh, life is suffering. You could adopt. Well, and that's the thing. Like, if I want to adopt, like, I know that there is another family or somewhere else that could give them a better life than me, even though that's, like, my social loafing concept of, like, oh, someone else will figure it out. Right. Um, but I think, like, me personally, like, me, my understanding of my own, like, mental health and the world that I live in, I'm like, I couldn't give this kid everything they want. So... That's so you're saying I'm it's like, almost being selfish by adopting a kid because you know you couldn't give it its best life? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think all child rearing is selfish. Like, all versions of wanting a kid and thinking you need a kid personally is, like, all very selfish in that respect. Mm -hmm. But when you're raising it, like... But someone has to do it. Well, some well, we could just not have kids. Like honestly, like right. we could just voluntarily extinct ourselves, which I think would be the best thing for the Earth. But no one else agrees with me on that. Wow. There's a very small very movement of people called the Voluntary Human Extinction Movement. Um, but You're I, part of that? No, no, I no. So I joined their <laughs> Facebook page, and they're all kind of like eugenicsy. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And I was like, I, I agree with the concept. I was like, I agree with the concept <laughs> that we should just stop having kids. Like that would literally make everything so easy. But you can't just stop someone from having a kid because should of reproductive freedom. And, right? Report <laughs> the account. Is oh, it, is I, I mean, bad? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what they're doing in there. I haven't looked in a couple of years, but um, hopefully well, they're okay. not being eugenics -y anymore. But back to okay. your question is, <laughs> like, you... Uh, 
all we can do is try and be better critical and global thinkers ourselves, which people are very, again, loath to do. Like, no one wants to think outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and parenting, it, it has to be a selfless act, and there is no one who is selfless. So our social context of parenting is that you are going to raise a child to go function in the world, go through education, go work in an economy, go live, die, retire, like, whatever it is. Like, you're creating a child to think that they are going to live a full and, like, successful life. But you think that in your own framework. And obviously it's very unrealistic to raise every child the same way or to give every single parent some kind of training before they have a kid to be like, okay, this is how you should talk about empathy with your kid. This is how you should talk about race with your kid. This is how you should talk about economics with your kid. Because we're never going to agree on any of those things because there are people who are just racist for the heck of being racist. Like, Mm -hmm. there's just no, like, understanding how... They think like that, like me. Like, I can't believe people just are in the world, like, actively being racist. Like, that is so crazy to me. Why do you have to yeah. think like that? Have you sat down for 10 minutes and were like, hmm, why do I hate people just because they don't look like me? Like, I feel like that would kind of solve it, but no one wants to sit down for 10 minutes. So if we educated our children all the same or we all kind of put them in a boarding school and we're like, well, someone else will figure out, like, how they're raised, like, that obviously doesn't do any good because the relation you have, like, with a kid can, like, be positive and is very important to development. But there are parents who are just not fit to be parents. Like, I think that many people who have children just are not, like, they shouldn't have children because they're not prepared to deal with all Mm. of the repercussions of it. Like, if you you have a kid... There's a certain selfishness to it. It it all is, and... If you are someone who you're like, I am, I want to have a kid. And whether you're in a relationship, you're not, you want to be a single parent, you want to adopt, like, whatever you want to do. If you're like, I want to have a kid, you have to be very, very, very willing to any consequence that that child, like, does. Like, you have to be willing, if your child is gay, what would you do? If your child is disabled or is permanently disabled or they, if your child, like, has some kind of, like, life or death, like, threatening problem, like, you have to know that you would be able to act in some way for the best of your kid, which many people are not prepared to do. Like, many people in this country have a kid being like, they're going to be this way, and when they don't end up that way, they're like, okay, well, I'm just going to kick them out, which is, like, not what you're supposed to do with a kid. Like, not enough people are selfless enough, or zero people are selfless enough to completely, like, take on the responsibility of raising a child and knowing that whatever happens, like, you are going to be, like, there for them. And that's just, like, a fact about our world that there are many parents who are like, if my kid was permanently disabled, like, they were a quadriplegic and could not, like, fend for themselves, like, I wouldn't be able to take care of them. They would adapt to it, but many people would not be prepared for that, and I don't Mm. think that, like, having a kid when you're not prepared for that is a good thing. I don't know. Like, you have to be someone who's very willing. Yeah. I mean, to connect that to the film just a little bit... (laughs) No, I I think this discussion will all come back. No, it does come back because I think she, like, her children are a result of incest, Mm -hmm. and when they were born, like, she wants no part of that. Like, she was not prepared for that. Like, she did not want the kid. Like, she has the kid, and she doesn't, like, want to raise it. And it doesn't, she doesn't come to terms with raising her kid until she, like, eventually moves to America or Canada and, like, eventually raises her kid and comes to peace with that, that, like, her kids came from that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, it's a a good message to, like, parents because, like, you need to be prepared for any, like, what you're saying, like, any Yeah, which I think she was, like, hardy enough and, like, resilient enough as a person that she was, like, I am able to do this and I will give, like, the children that I do have and care for, like, everything possible. Mm -hmm. But, um, like, a larger, like, looking outside of this movie, like, whatever you do, like, having a kid or being part of a religion or being part of things that um, have certain expectations put upon you, like, 
many people are not willing to think outside of that whatsoever, which I think she was someone who is very willing to think outside of it from a perspective of someone who is Christian but in a Muslim majority nation or someone who has, like, been a killer or been, like, the almost killed. Like, she's kind of, like, lived within each of these worlds, and I think that that's why she's able to raise children the way that she did. But, again, not enough people, like, experience those grave, like, ends of the spectrum that they could actually, like, give the most to their child and, like, do the most for them. Yeah. I agree to a certain extent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've just been rambling. Like, if yeah, any of this, is, I mean, do you disagree with any of this? Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't <laughs> think having kids necessarily is always bad. I mean, I, I think there is a certain selfishness to some people, and I think some people aren't fully prepared to have kids that do because I think every, I mean, everyone like sets certain expectations to what their future is going to be, whether it's like your career, whether it's going to be who you marry or like have kids. Like, people be like, oh, I want two guys and like two sons and a daughter. Like. And, like, a lot of times you don't meet those expectations. Like, sometimes you're, like, infertile or whatever. Or you could, like, they could be disabled. And there's certain... you could, It's so unpredictable. And I I think that is something that people don't always think about. But I do think this this movie is almost kind of preaching a little bit to those people. Maybe not on purpose. But I think that is part of the movie is that you have to come to terms with any result of any type of person. And you just have to be okay with how people are. Because mm-hmm. people aren't good. And people, like, aren't perfect or whatever. So... Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult, like, (laughs) doing things always has some consequence. Like, whatever you do, like, there is going to be something that expands from that. But if you don't do something, like, you kind of get to remove yourself from that and be like... Okay, uh, I guess, like, I'm trying to explain this, and, like, it's very, very, very easy to not have a kid. So people who have kids that aren't, like, ready for it or people who are not willing to, like, deal with the repercussions of it, like, that's crazy to me because I'm like, you had every opportunity to not have a kid. Like, well, some people, like, aren't smart enough to, or, like, don't use protection or, you know, at least an accident. Like, there's so many of those, too. Like, you, know, Just not like, people, like, I don't know. We all, like, think, like to think that we think about the world critically, but, again, it's critical within your box of understanding about the world, which if we expand education and give people the opportunities and tools and resources to, like, look at it outside, like, give, I think we should give children, like, all children education on religion, but all religions, not just one, because then they get to choose. Like, I don't think a parent, like, deciding their kid's religion is good at all, because then they could grow up to be 18, be an adult, and then they're like, I don't even know what I believe. I don't know if I believe this. Like, I haven't explored other things about the world. I don't understand myself in that context. Like, what if you don't, like, agree with that? But you can't stop someone from raising their child that way. You can't control what people do with their kids, and you can't stop people from having kids. Is it their own right to, like, for for a parent to raise their kid? Yeah, It's their right, but it's not, like, it's not good for everyone mm-hmm. like is everyone- that the culture we've grown up in is that like you think we have like made ourselves believe that it is the right or like that people can have the right to like have kids in the first place and like gr- like because like in a, in a way it's like it's a global problem that people are having kids and we're having too many people in this world so like yeah i mean you uh, that's the at thing, same point like, is it your right to- <laughs> in reproductive like rights like everyone should have the opportunity like to have like the uh, sex that they want to have the children that they want to do what they want to but uh, because these things are so much more complicated by the world that we live in by mm-hmm. climate change by resource allocation by uh land rights by property by all these different things like having a kid isn't just having a kid anymore and passing on your genes like having a kid is putting a human into the world to 
do something or to they will continue to do things so mm-hmm. and all of it will have an effect on an economy or have an effect on social systems and structures and uh everyone because we all live in a, a government we pay taxes to those taxes go it back into our system and uh, all of those things have to function with one another but the more people that we bring into the world like we have to understand that those are people that are going to have to reckon with their own selves and their own worlds behind them and uh, parents are like uh, what what do i what do i want to say what am i like concluding thoughts about this <laughs> yeah we, we only have a couple minutes left so yeah, exactly. i want to think about i don't know cuz say what you want to say and i'll i'll think about my final <laughs> words i mean we we definitely got off track a little bit but i just yeah, think are there any other things you want to talk about the movie like i don't want to not like think, talk about those i mean but... there's plenty of things to talk about in this movie <laughs> stuff we didn't get to but that's fine okay. i really enjoyed this talk of philosophy and people's rights okay yeah i mean like so I think I think this like the movie spawned this conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't think we totally just brought this out of nowhere. I think mm-hmm. like the movie did say a lot of this stuff. So I think and that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, Humans are individuals, and we can't control what every individual does. Like until we, uh, not until, but if we ever live in a fully paternalistic society where we're like, you, we will give you this amount of money, and you will do this with it, and you will raise your kid in this to be this thing. You'll bring them to this school. They'll go to this thing. Like. Humans, because they're all individuals, are never going to agree to that. So you have to give people the freedom to raise their children the way that you think is best. But you also have to give people the education to know what actually is empirically best for a kid, which is not raising them in one, like, confined, like, religious uh, thought or one ideological, like, boundary. Because the more you force that on a kid, the more they develop only within that. And then trying to break out of it is even more difficult than if you raise a kid with all of the options, with understanding all of these different versions of reality. Because everyone has a different version of reality. Everyone thinks about the world in their Christian belief or their Muslim belief or their secular belief or even if it's not religion, if it's um, your political belief or uh, any part of yourself, like, you think that that is is the extent of the world, which to many people it is, but you just have to give people the tools and education to look outside of themselves and like look at how each of these factors that you interact with, whether it is war, whether it is religion, it's travel, it's uh, death, it's economics, it's your money, it's your finances, it's all these different things. You just have to be able to talk to other people and communicate like this is why we need to look outside. This is why we yeah. need to like expand that like mind and open up that consciousness. Yeah. I think that's a great ending point. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. so yeah, good job. I think the last last question that I always ask every guest is um, it's kind of a two part. So, would you recommend this movie to other people? Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. I think this is a really good movie. And also, would you rewatch this movie? I think I would. I think I, it deserves a rewatch because I woke up or like early this morning. I was like kind of chilling in bed, and I definitely paid attention to it. But I think mm. I like would like to rewatch it and kind of look at those motifs a little bit more and explore right. a little bit more the things that we talked about now. Yeah, I mean, I think there's totally a lot to explore. I mean, all of Denis Villeneuve's movies are like that, and there's lots of motifs. And I, it's also just like there's a reveal at the end, so it would be cool, mm-hmm. to, I think, to rewatch it from a different lens. Yeah, because you but, get um, to see all those little like things that uh, the telegraphing. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, cool. That well, thank you so much for having me on. This was so yeah. much fun. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I really love the <laughs> discussion we ended up talking about. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, cool. All right. Awesome. This is, this is wrapping up for uh, another episode of So What You Think. Thanks for listening. <laughs> you forget all.